Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer new back in America. America. Soccer new. Featuring person. Talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode number 120 of Soccer Noob Rock in America, featuring you know who? Me. Person Noob. That's right, my 10-year-old daughter, co-host and real star of the show. She pulls all the weight here. And here is where it is our self-deemed duty and honor to bring you match mini previews from the biggest of them around the world. But as we define that, and that's a little bit different than every other show, big matches from big leagues in our own country, Western Europe, Lots of places that are familiar to us. Yes, we're going to cover those. But if it's a top two matchup from some tiny country in Oceania or Africa or Asia, it's a pretty good chance we're going to cover matches like that as well. They're going to be on our radar, and that should give you a mix of things and geography as well as our humor that you're just not going to find anywhere else for better or for worse. This week, uh, as always, it runs Friday through Thursday. The dates will be January 27th through matches ending on Thursday, uh, February 2nd. Now, there's no endangered aminal segment this week from Person Noob, nor am I going to be doing a culture break or usually a recipe segment towards the end of the show. And that's because this week is a very special episode. We're going to be introducing a new guest to preview a match for us and talk all about his uh, home country of Cyprus, tell us all things Cypriot about the league and whatever else he wants to, basically. And that's going to be at match number four for uh, those who might be listening in just for that, perhaps friends and acquaintances and loved ones of his. Um, So, person noob, first of all, uh, no endangered animal segment this week. You've gotten used to doing that for about a month now. Are you okay with us kind of skipping out on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, what animal were we were we going to do? Was it the stew? Uh, close. Uh, we had picked the Eurasian uh, otter, I- which isn't specific to one particular country, but it has been endangered a long time in Germany in one particular area, and we were going to do that for the... Uh, in place of the Germany match preview because so many people would know about those teams anyway. Mm-hmm. So the Otters will have to uh, continue their comeback without us. They're not doing so well in Germany, but I think they're doing okay in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you want to express any ire, rage, vitriol? Do you have questions, comments, insights, concerns? can be for next week so we can save them for next week you know that's true they are all over the place yes we will revisit eurasian otters if that's what like you know what eurasian is by the way no it's a portmanteau and you know what that is of europe and asian oh yeah so it's kind of things that are on both sides like the the city of istanbul in turkey has parts on both sides of a strait called the bosporus and so it's considered a eurasian city part of it's in europe and part of it's in asia which really doesn't have anything to do with the otters, probably, does it? 
No. Although that would be the most appropriate place to find maybe a Eurasian otter or anything Eurasian. I'm going on about this a long time, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about you. People want to hear about you and what's going on in your life. What was the, the first big news from school? My head has a big scar on it. Yeah. What happened? Did somebody, some kid beat you senseless? Were you getting bullied or what happened? No, a water bottle got thrown at my head. Oh, ouch. And it was a uh, head cuts. It's not a, it's not a huge scab up there. It's not like it's going to probably really scar or something, but head cuts are very messy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because the skin is so th- uh, thin up there. And more, because of that, the blood vessels are so close to the top of the head and that make, even if it's not painful and I'm sure it was, it was it really painful or just a little painful? Mm, a lot. Like- a lot. Oh gosh. So that had to be really scary. It hurts a lot. And you're seeing a lot of blood, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about, what exactly happened? Who threw the water bottle? Or are you, no. you're good with leaving into that? Okay. It was a strange set of circumstances. I did not realize that you wouldn't, wouldn't want to go into the specifics of who did it and how it happened. You didn't like do anything wrong, but you don't want to get somebody in trouble. Do you? No. I didn't realize. All right. Well, you know what we can talk about instead that uh, it'll, it'll be more me focused, but you can talk about it is, and this is the reason that our show is a little bit delayed. We're not getting the show up before the Cypriot match of Saturday that um, you know that we're covering our guest is here in relation to. But I'd like to think I have a pretty good reason. Uh, on my last big prep day, where was I? In the hospital. That's right. Was it a scheduled visit? No. No. What happened? Your knee said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, my knee didn't want to do knee stuff anymore. It took me a... There was no good resting position. The pain was uh, exquisite. I'll be perfectly honest, there was no good resting position. I woke up in uh, in terrible pain for the second morning in a row. This time it took me two hours and 45 minutes to sit up. But then you know what happened? Once I sat up on the edge of the bed, I couldn't stand up, but I couldn't lay down. If I tried to move almost at all, you know, even muscles, you wouldn't, you know, parts of the body you wouldn't think are directly related to the leg. Everything kind of moves all at once and it would send the knee just into violent spasms. It was really strange. So I just sat on the edge of the bed for about an hour, kind of twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the pain medicine that uh, if I'm person noob, I guess mommy is mom pro. Would that be fair? No, mom noob. (laughs) Mom noob. She's not. If I'm person noob, then she's mom noob. I don't know. She's been your mom for, well, I guess she's been your mom about the same length of time. that. I'm person noob, then she has to be mom noob. Okay, that's fine. Well, mom noob, mom, whatever. She was nice enough to bring me pain medicine. And then after a couple hours of me refusing to go anywhere, I was made to hobble (laughs) into the garage, get into the car and get taken to the ER, which it turned out is exactly what I was supposed to do. I've been to the, I've been to my primary care physician the day before. They didn't really do much about it. Took a blood test or, and then they, and uh, when we finally got the message after the fact, it said, things look kind of okay. It might not be septic, but if you have an increase in pain of any substantial amount, which you did, um, go to the emergency room. <laughs> so that's why I wasn't here. I'm not trying to elicit sympathy. I will tell you that everything's okay. I'm on medicine and steroids. It looks like it's not septic. I'm not going to need surgery. So it, this is this is not about that. This is us being conversational and letting you know why the show is just a little bit late. But we still think you're going to have a ton of fun hearing the interview because while we do do a match preview for their Saturday match, which I think kicked off at 10 a.m. Saturday uh, Eastern time here in the U.S. on that time, 
and this won't be out before then. It'll be much later in the day at best. There's just so much more to that interview that our friend had to share with us that we think you'll have a, a, a great time. He even shared something that was just for you, didn't he? Yeah. You want to give the people a sneak preview what that was? It was an animal. Yes, an endangered animal. So we have two endangered animals that we can uh, talk about. We'll wait and make people listen for the interview to find out what animal or animal, as we like to say, that he shared with you. So that's a little bit about what's going on with uh, each of us. Uh, Her head is going to make a recovery. I figure, you know, you probably can't have much more wrong inside your head than you already do. Ha ha. Oh, I'm getting a bad look. This is an audio podcast. They can't hear the look you're giving me. But, and, uh, you know, you know, talked about the fact that I almost had my knee cut off. Okay. I didn't really almost have my knee cut off. That's, that's an exaggeration. Now you, if somebody's going to chop off my knee, it's going to be you, isn't it? Person new. Yeah. It's got to be done. I think you have to have a medical license to do that. No. I or, be a, or be a, or be a psychopathic killer and do things Yay. for no reason. Yay. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, that's it for the show because I'm getting that cat out of here and locking person noob in the room. No. Or, oh, okay, fine. People are here for some of the soccer matches in the interview. Well, let's get right into the soccer with no more gilding of the lily with... Match number one. Even though the match has already been played, this first one, we're still going to do this in our usual format of a match mini preview. It just works for getting our learning on. And quite frankly, this is a league that I'm going to guess... Uh, most of you listening, at least those from the United States and North America, probably don't know a ton about this league. I certainly don't. Well, I still don't know tons, but I know more than I did before, which is the point of the show, because our first one is from the United Arab Emirates, where the top flight is called the Pro League. That is the ninth ranked league in the AFC. The stakes are really tight this year because only the winner from this league is going to get to move on to the Champions League in 2023-24, and they'll have to start in the playoff round. Now, the reason for that is because of a change in the calendar day for when they're holding the Champions League. They moved it substantially. So last year's league winner will also be going to that same one and a recent FA Cup winner. So they will get three teams for their league being ranked so well in the Asian coefficients. They're about halfway through the season. So, your match number one, we shall color it by number as we have second place currently Sharjah Culture Club versus number one Shabab Al Ali Dubai. A look at the table. Uh, let's see. Shabab Al Ali 28, Culture Club 27. And by the way, if their colors aren't gold and green, I'm going to be uh, upset. I forgot to check. And then get this, they have six total teams or more teams rather that are within eight points of first place. This is one of a handful of the truly great races in the world. When these two played earlier in the year, it was Culture Club at one nil two. The recent series between them has been uh, pretty even overall. Uh, Culture Club have actually already qualified for the next Champions League as they were last year's FA Cup winner. About Sharjah, that is the third biggest city has made in the country, maybe has about a million people. It's up on the northeast coast and it's considered the cultural capital of the country. They have a very simple nickname that I kind of enjoy. They are the King. Last year, they finished where they are now, and that is runners-up. 
Historically, they've won six league titles. 2018-19 was the only one here in the 2000s, though. Uh, they did make the still ongoing 2022 Champions League group stage before they got knocked out. Their best ever finish in that event was the 2004 quarterfinals. This year in league play, they've got a pretty good offense going, but their defense is outstanding. They are number one in that regard, giving up less than a goal per match and have the league's overall number one goal differential. Now they do have two guys who are top 10 league scorers and another one on the assist leaderboard, but their best overall player is probably the singularly named uh, Caio from Brazil, center forward. Not to be confused with Caio, by the way, since my wife happens to be in public broadcasting. I'll just say that that show makes me want to really, really go up to Canada and smack right in the face some bald-headed pediatric cancer patient. That show's terrible. If you don't know that show, that sounds really awful. And even if you do know that show, I suppose that does. Uh, Maybe he who is known as the management will clip that out. Maybe he won't. I don't know. So about Caio, six goals, two assists, very accurate shooter. Uh, Portuguese fans in particular might remember him. He made about 10 appearances in 2019-20 for one of their big teams, Benfica. They've also got the second best goalkeeper in the league, in my opinion. Uh, he's got five clean sheets, which is second best in the league, and he's got the second best overall save percentage, and that is Darwish bin Habib. Team's current form, they are 3-2-0 and in their last five. And now Shubab Al-Ali. Out of Dubai, uh, it appears that winning the league is their only chance to qualify for the Champions League. Things are always fluid based on uh, the coefficients of what the Champions League wants to do, but that looks like it. Uh, An international body called the IFFHS uh, has ranked this team fairly recently as number seven in the entirety of Asia and as the number 110 club in the world. In this nation, historically, they are considered second best. And really interestingly, uh, I oftentimes see this with clubs or leagues, but not entire clubs. They have a connection with La Liga, especially for the development of youth coaches. They've won the league title seven different times, most recently 2015-16. Champions League in 2015, they made the final but couldn't quite get over that last hump to win the trophy. Last year in league play, they finished in fifth place. This year, excellently balanced. Top three offense, top four defense, tied for third best in goal differential. They may be number one now, but I wouldn't put my money on them finishing there. I think that they're going to slip in that culture club are your favorites, although maybe I'm just biased because of the, you know, lazy musical references that I can make for Culture Club. Thank you, Boy George. You're a wonder. The team leading scorer here just has four goals. They get their scoring a lot of different places. I think the most valuable player they have, he's uh, tied for number four in the league on assists with four, is Federico Nicolas Cardabia. Uh, he is... I don't remember. Oh, he's from Argentina, central midfielder. He's also got three goals. And a couple of different times he played for Valencia over in La Liga. So there's that connection again. He's also their most accurate shooter. And he also gets fouled more than anybody else on the team. I thought that was fun to run across. Team's current form, they are 8-0-1 in their last nine. Uh, interestingly, the last loss was two matches ago in a home match that I hope doesn't end up costing them the league against number nine, uh, Banias, which they lost one to two. Match number B. Thank you for reminding us, as always, Persa Noob, that number two is just plain old bathroom talk and is no good. 
why not be the delight of all your friends and coworkers and demonstrate for them how number B is a much more couth way to go. Listen to it in action right now. Make up your own mind. Match number B, we stay in Asia, but we move on over to the women's side of thing. We're going to the Empress's Cup in Japan. They have reached their final. Uh, the event was founded in 1979, but I don't think it became called the Empress's Cup uh, until 2012. This involves teams from, of course, the top division, the WE League, and then the former top division, the Nadashiko League, and it's now second division. Maybe it had one before, but they now represent the second and third tiers in Japanese women's ball. And then I'm not as sure about the, the numbered tiers for them, but there are also a bunch of non-league, uh, non-professional entrants in the early round, mostly educational related. Even saw a bunch of them with high schools in the name. Very interesting. Now, there's no international birth at stake, unfortunately, for these gals, but here's to hoping that that's going to change in the future. Over the past five, oh, six years, I want to say, uh, the Asian Football Confederation has fooled around by uh, having very, very small handfuls of uh, invited teams play in something that they're calling or almost calling a Champions League, but it's not on par uh, with the ones that I'm sure that you're used to. But obviously their intent must be to uh, be testing the waters and learning how to organize it. And uh, hopefully we'll have those in full form before too long. So now these two teams, Tokyo, Verde, Belitsa, they are going to be playing uh, INAC Kobe Lionessa at a neutral site in Osaka. These are both teams from the top flight league. Uh, Tokyo Verde, their full name is Nippon TV, Tokyo Verde Belitsa. And it's a little bit of an interesting history. Nippon TV actually managed the team for a time. I'm assuming that means that they actually owned them uh but that is not the case now. Now they just have the naming rights. Belitsa, by the way, means beauty in Portuguese. You see that in a lot of Japanese clubs naming men and women's where they use uh, English, uh, Italian, uh, Spanish, and they really like portmanteaus. But this one is a just a straight translation. This team is in the greater Tokyo metro area, sort of in the west or south-central west called Inagi, I believe it's pronounced. It's about 15 miles from central Tokyo. They have about 100,000 people there. Uh, back before this was actually part of the uh, Tokyo greater metro, it was largely an agricultural area, famous for its pears and grapes, but now it's uh, almost purely just a bedroom community with some very light industry out there. They won the 2019, by the way, AFC Women's Club Championship. So again, sort of testing the waters on the Champions League. 17 league titles they have won, and they also won them all from 2015 through 19. So this is one of your great historical powers there. As far as this event, they've won it 15 times. Their most recent cup win was in 2020. They also finished runners-up in this year's League Cup. They've won that a total of eight times. That is the most in the country's history, and the last one was in 2019. To get to the final, they beat number 11, so uh, last place from their league, Albirex Niigata in the semifinal, 3-1. to one. Currently, they're in fourth place in the WE League. Uh, their offense, good. Defense, very good. Top three in that regard and only giving up one goal per match. Tied for number three in league scoring with three is Aoba Fujino, just 18 years old, and it appears Perhaps unsurprisingly, given your age, this is her per first professional year. Also with three goals tied with her is Rico 
uh, Ueki, U-E-K-I. I might be butchering that one. 23 years old. This might be her first professional year as well. A little less sure of that. But she's also the number one event scorer in this. She has an astounding total of six goals. Team's current form across all competitions, 4-0-1 with a 12 versus 2 goal differential. They're peaking at the right time for a trophy. Uh, but Kobe... They have been so good the last couple of years. By the way, that is the seventh largest city in Japan, if you're not familiar, about a million and a half people. It's part of a greater conglomeration or metro area with like Osaka and Kyoto, if you're familiar with that. It's on the south coast of Honshu, the main island. It is the third busiest port in the country, but perhaps what it's more famous for, and I didn't know this because just a few weeks ago we did a... uh, we did a culture break segment uh, for an Italian match where we talked about uh, the four uh, big fashion cities in the world. Well, this one might be number five. There's an expression that says, if you can't go to Paris, go to Kobe. Incredibly fashionable. They have their own fashion shows and fashion weeks. And uh, I guess they're in the honorable mention list worldwide when it comes to that. Pretty darn close to making that top tier. Footy-wise, club was founded in 2001, and they are your defending league champions. Uh, they won the Nadashiko Division One League when it was the top flight uh, from 2011 through 13, three different times. They've won this FA Cup six different times, most recently 2016. To advance to the title match, they beat fellow top league competitors A.S. Elfin Saitama in the semifinal 2-1. to one. Currently, they are in first place and undefeated in the WE League. And why not? This is another one with a really great defense. They're tied for number one in that regard. No, they're all by themselves in number one now. They're the only team giving up less than a goal per match. They have tied for the best overall goal differential. In league play, the second best score is, because it's moderately early on, I want to say eight games in, uh, Megumi Takase. And then on the event scoring leaderboard for this FA Cup with three is Yui Naromiya. She's 27 years old, made her pro debut six years ago. She's even got a handful of national team apps. Team's current form. (laughs) Uh, Just best to put it this way. They haven't lost a match since May of last year. They've also got seven straight wins, although worth noting, maybe a little chink in the armor, that great defense, maybe a little wear and tear on it. They haven't uh, managed a clean sheet in their last three. Match number three. Still Saturday, but we switch confederations for what's going to be an incredibly short mini preview. I didn't do my usual research on this one because it was going to be a segment from my daughter, Person New, where she does her endangered aminals segment. We were going to learn all about the Eurasian otter, but because of the aforementioned delay, I didn't have time to put that together. So here's what I can tell you about what's going on in the Bundesliga in Germany. They've got a huge matchup for Saturday. By the way, this is the number three ranked league in all of UEFA. Their top four finishers will all get to go to the Champions League to start in the group stage, another one to the Europa League group stage, and one more to the tertiary tournament, Europa Conference League. That team starts in the playoff round, which is as far up as I believe you can enter in that tournament. The big match for Saturday is number one, Bayern Munich, taking on number three, Frankfurt, at least at the time I scouted it a few days ago. Here's what the table looked like. Bayern, 35 points. Leipzig, 32, and then uh, Frankfurt, Union Berlin, and Freiburg all lurking back at 30. Uh, Bayern is hardly running away with the league, but they seem to be just knocking down enough of these top-flight competitors that they're going to win their 12 
12th or 12th millionth league title in a row, more than likely, by the time all is said and done. So this is a really big match for Frankfurt because if they could even get a point on the road, that would go a long ways towards uh, them winning out or not losing, at least in this game of musical chairs. The goal for them is to finish in the top four and make the Champions League. You can catch this Saturday, 1230 Eastern Time U.S. on ESPN+. Match number four. Our final match for Saturday. Well, what can I say? It's what makes this a very special episode. And daughter dearest, Pinu, can you believe it? We actually have, for the third time ever, a guest on the show. Wow. Yeah, and it's not your grandpa doing a character or something. This is a real human being, not an avatar of another being, a human being. Can you believe that we, I feel like we trick people whenever we get them on the show. Yeah. What do you think? If you didn't, if you didn't know us, would you come on the show? Maybe. <laughs> you would think about it if you knew a lot about soccer. <laughs> well, we're getting there. We're learning soccer. We're learning the world through the lens of soccer. And here to help us with that is our friend, uh, Thassos. And he yeah. is originally from Cyprus, now uh, making his life in France. And thank you for so much for joining us on Soccer Noob Rock in America. So, 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 soccer, soccer Noob. Oh, so, here we go again. Yeah, Noob, noob with a B. This always happens. It's, it's, it's not Soccer News. Uh, that would sound a lot cooler, wouldn't it? As if we had a great big giant international audience, but no, we're not soccer news. And, and I don't see it. We don't have video either. No, this... we're on a pretty old desktop here on this end, so we don't even have video. Well... <sighs> My agent is going to get so fired. Oh. <laughs> yeah, can you believe we snuck past, we snuck past his gatekeeper? Yeah, no, no, it, it's your job it, it's, over this. Yeah, sorry, we're just we're just little old soccer noob, but it, no, it's fine, it's fine. The show show must go on, you know. That, yeah, we, I we guess try to trick people when we figure you're here, and if we can get you this far, maybe you'll stick around. Yeah, oh, let's see, let's see how it goes. Fair enough. Well, you were on uh, a great big giant podcast. I'm hoping I'm going to get the pronunciation right. Uh, this is Mappa. Yeah, this is Mappa. Yep. Oh, I've got to get a little bit of a break in there. You've got to I give it a bit of a kick in there. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the soccer ball. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know about that. We're we're noobs, remember? Oh yes. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you you, you throw the ball. I forgot. I grew. Uh, yeah. So we we play <laughs> we play hand egg ball, as I like to call it. The American the American football. So tell us about if you would, because I figured this is you know be the the best thing that we can do a service we can provide our on to our audiences to tell them where they can find a real podcast with lots of information about real football from somewhere. Uh, so we're uh, me and uh, a friend of mine called Stell. We uh, run our podca podcast off YouTube with video. So you get to see our lovely faces as Very we fancy. scream and yell about football in general. Every week we kind of, rather than go through predictions, we go through match reviews of uh, what's going on in the first league in Cyprus. Uh, and I'm sure you would be able to find us just by Googling this is Mappa. There's not that many uh, places that would uh, use that kind of uh, that kind of phrasing. So that's... Uh, 
this is an, an M-A-P-P-A. Gotcha. And and even all... though it's pronounced with a break in there, there would, they would probably find it either way, but there's no space in the spelling, is there, between the two Ps? No, no, it's, it's all... still MAPA. Yeah, I'm exactly. Still, I'm still working on this. I butcher pronunciations from around the world every single week, and I'm sure that everything involved with this will, will make no, you know, will make no exceptions. We'll I don't. We still butcher everything on this end, but that's that's kind of part of why we do the show. Whether it's learning how to pronounce things, or uh, we like to say that we're learning football, but we're also learning all about the world through the lens of football. And uh, Cyprus is not a country that I knew tons and tons about before I started doing my uh, website three or four years ago. Uh, that has was the genesis for this podcast. And uh, P-Noob, uh, were you familiar with Cyprus before we were talking about it a few days ago? No. Nope. Do you remember? Do you remember where it is? No. Nope. Roughly speaking, it was. Uh, we followed South Africa. Remember, we were looking on the wall map, and we went up, 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 up north to the Mediterranean, and it was kind of near Greece. And do you remember the other country? Turkey. Turkey. Very good. Very, that very be, I, I oh, think I we have that. the geography of that right. We're we're Americans, but we do have access to maps so occasionally. Uh, this, uh, the, the countries around there are all small compared to the United States, so you know the point in the general direction, and uh, we'll be happy with that. I think. Well, yeah, the uh, when it there's a there's a phrase that I've heard, and I'm sure it won't be new to you, but uh, you know, compared, it's usually used in comparison to the English, but can really go for. Most places uh, in the entire world here uh, uh, in, in England or other parts of Europe, a um, hundred years is a long time. And here in, you know, and then in the, or yeah, here a hundred years is a long time. And over there, a hundred miles is a long way. Uh, that's exactly right. And the opposite exactly is not right. true. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're going to confuse, you're going to confuse your Cypriot audience because they use kilometers. So, <laughs> well, that's true. And given that, uh, you know, you know, given that I think we have two or three accounts that have been chatting with us, you know, about, you know, Cypriot football, answering our questions of various things this season, that's uh, uh, probably a fair chunk of the audience. So we might, it would make so much sense if we would just sit to, you know, go over to metric instead of American standard. But <laughs> these things, these things take a long time, even by European standards, let alone American ones. But I hope that we will get there someday. But so we know where Cyprus is. Before we get into the heart of some of the things that you and I had planned to talk about, uh, Person Noob had a question that she wanted to ask you. I have a question, and why is it called Cyprus? Why is now, it called Cyprus? Because we know so, it's not the tree. That's a different spelling. That's correct, yeah. Uh, so Cyprus, is it's a strange one, really, because Cyprus, uh, so in Greek, it's Gibros, and the Romans heard the name for the island uh, and noticed that there was a lot of copper on the island. Uh, and when they were mining it, they decided to name the metal copper after the island. So, in essence, Cyprus means copper, but copper means Cyprus. Gotcha. See, <clears throat> this is something you don't know about me, and not that it plays directly into this, but I play uh, I play uh, Scrabble competitively all over uh, North America, and I hope to do it all over the world someday. And so I am a 
big time etymology word. You know, I'm a word nerd. I love word histories, etymologies, but I did not know that. So yeah, it comes a it's... little bit from a mispronunciation. Yeah, it's also so... related to that mining activity. That is so cool. I yeah. did actually never run across that. That is really neat. Yeah. It's, it's so if you have a look at a chemical, if you look at the chemistry table, uh, copper is written as Cu, and that's because in in, uh, in the Roman uh, uh, way of saying it, it was gubrum, C-U-P-R-U-M, mm -hmm. and that's where and that, that's uh, that's where they got it from from the uh, pronunciation of the name of the island. Yes, it looks like it looks like the Latin spelling more or less. Yeah. That's very cool. See, this is yeah. We're we're here for the football, but that's not all we're here for. We love all the ah, rest of see. the stuff. Now, see, uh, hopefully, hopefully, my my fees. I, I feel I get paid a bit extra for being on here. Then, <laughs> I I promise you, I just doubled it in my own mind. Ah, uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> you can build. You can build person noob. She's got more money saved away for college than I have saved away for anything else. Speaking of person noob. <laughs> Uh, my understanding is that uh, you're aware of her endangered animals segment, and there was an animal from Cyprus that uh, that you wanted to call to her attention. Yes, so there is a, a wild sheep in Cyprus. They call the mufflon, uh, and it's got some it's got some very, very interesting horns. Uh, very, very round, very large, very, very good for knocking down trees and walls and whatnot. And uh, it's very endangered at the moment. They're they're working very hard in Cyprus to uh, to to protect it. But in essence, I think at one point there was only fifty of them left. But uh, in Cyprus, they're very proud of uh, of the mufflon. Uh, and they've got it on their the, the plane company has uh, the mufflon on their uh, on on their plane's tails, uh, and it's also on their coins. I think that it's on what you would call the the nickel, the five cent piece. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I think I remember that it's at some point, or maybe still isn't it on the one, five, and ten cent piece, or is it just so one, one, of one, those? one, two, and five? One, two, okay, one, two, and five. Okay. Yeah. 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 We have, so we don't have an equivalent to the two over here, but. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I, I thought I thought that would be an interesting little thing to go go and research afterwards if you wanted. Little wild yeah. sheep. And we've got uh, we've got stuff like that that serves as mascots over here on our side of the pond, as we say, uh, especially over in the Rocky Mountain states. Like Colorado State is the Rams, and I know uh, it's not the same kind of ram, but they've got some of those those big horned ones. And I think over in West Virginia, over in the Appalachian Mountains, which is the smaller of the two major ranges here in the United States. So that's fun. We'll have to do an endangered animals one. The next time we, uh, the next time we cover a match from Cyprus, which boy howdy we have been boy howdy wow I really am getting used to being in the south we have done all kinds I think this is the fourth time this season that we are talking about a match from Cyprus they have just been having one heck of a league race this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, normally. So this, this this is a strange one uh, for the season in general in Cyprus because we've got one kind of per perennial challenger. We've got another team who are 
kind of um, a little bit also run kind of type of team. And then we've got a team who uh, uh, 10 years ago didn't even exist. And all three of them, we're kind of now at match day 20. Uh, and there's only three points separating them. Uh, and uh, at one point, I think three or four matches ago, they were all on the same points. So there are all three teams are kind of fighting, fighting and biting at each other. And they seem to be swapping all the time between uh, between the three of them as to who who's going to finish top. So yeah, it's, uh, and it's a little bit of a game of musical chairs because um, if memory serves from my research, they only get uh, one one berth into the Champions League. Uh, I can't remember if they get one of the Champions League proper and then one in a qualifying round or if they are both so, in late qualifying rounds, but I know there's only two. So, so, so at the moment, uh, as of last season, there was there's one Champions League qualifying place for the champions. There's uh, one Europa League qualifying place for second place and one uh, Europa Conference League qualifying for third place, unless the cup winners have also finished in the top three because in the if they win the cup, then that team goes into uh, the uh, Europa League qualifiers. All right, and speaking of the coefficients, which what is what allows them to get as many teams into international competition as they do, Cyprus, for a country its size, it seems like they're getting the most bang for their buck. It's a uh, about how big is the country co- uh, population wise? Is, is it well over a million or just over a million? I think I'm in the ballpark. Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. So it's just over a million officially. Uh, there might be a few extra there, depending on uh, on who you ask, where, when, and how. But yeah, <laughs> in other just, words, just whether or not we're million. counting Northern Cyprus, but we have to, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to necessarily you know count Famagusta or <laughs> Northern. That's 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 for political discussions on another show. And I, you oh, think yes. I'm a soccer noob. I am really Northern Cyprus noob. That's something I know very little about. But uh, so they're 21st in the coefficients, and I just find that, and I don't know if I should, but hey, I'm a noob. It's not just a character. It's my life. I find that astounding that they're that high up in the top half of the UEFA coefficients, one of the better leagues, despite being such a small country. Um, in your opinion, as somebody who's from there, and I'm assuming has followed the game most of their life, how high do you think they can get, I'm not necessarily looking for a number in the coefficients, but do you feel like Cyprus has probably gotten as far as they can go? Or is this a, is this a country that could climb even higher in the rankings or provide more than just say one really, really good team in international competition? Well, so I, I, I'm guessing you've done your research, uh, you know, about uh, Abuel and their kind of their heroics uh, a couple of times getting through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League mm-hmm. uh, in uh, a few years back. They got uh, they they uh, got knocked out by Jose Mourinho's Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's, there's worse teams to get knocked out by. Uh, case in point, they got knocked out the last 16 Three seasons ago, uh, from uh, from the in the Europa League as well, 
they have kind of the most pedigree uh, in uh, in the European competitions. Yeah, but as also... we measure things here, it was the team that we had heard of. <laughs> so yes. we, we knew they must be good before we did the research. And before I started doing research two years ago, I couldn't have named any of the other full club team names. <laughs> no, no I mean, they, they, are, they are the most successful team in the country as well. Uh, they've won, they've won the league 28 times. Um, and yeah, so they, they, they've, they've been through quite, they've been through quite a lot in Europe. Uh, these last two seasons has been kind of almost like a transition period for them, but it doesn't mean that other teams have stepped in, in their place. So for instance, Ormonia got into the Europa League group stages this year and they had, uh, Sheriff Tiraspol, uh, Real from Sociedad Dolby, yeah. from Spain and Manchester United in their group. Uh, so, so they sadly they didn't finish great. They they finished last in that group. Uh, so they 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 were they were knocked out at the group stages. However, we've got a team uh, the, the team in first place at the moment actually. I AEK Darnaga, who are currently into the playoff round of the Conference League because they finished third in the Europa League group. Yeah, it's so, kind of fun how these teams can play in as many as three different tournaments now. But okay, so hey, yeah. uh, P Noob, we got to get this one right. Larnica, Larnica. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, see, I I think I've been saying Larnaca. So we got to make sure we uh, get our emphasis on the right syllable. Well, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well, I, I I am using the English pronunciation of it as well. So to make it a little bit easier easier for the pronunciation bits. Oh sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I glad I have been. Yeah, there you go. I did the Greek version there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we'll take I, it one step at a time. If we can yes, pronounce it correctly in the English way, so to speak, or American yeah. English, that's a that's a good start for us. <laughs> yeah, no, but I a kind of uh, they're a a team that's kind of a, a merger team. There was two teams in Larnaca prior to their creation uh, and one of them was having administration issues the other one was having economic is issues so they decided to join forces uh, and in 1994 was, uh, Larnaca was created uh, and really they've been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and the last two or three seasons they've been at the top but not quite making it uh, and which is why they entered the uh, Europa League uh, uh, group stages uh, this this season, uh, and it's also now obviously they've kind of picked up that and gone for trying to push to get to that all elusive for them first place. Um, as well, there's other teams that have got into Europe before. Um, you've got uh, Anorthosis. Uh, who are based in Famagusta, they're a refugee team. Um, they were the first team from Cyprus to get into the Champions League group stages. Uh, oh, it and... wasn't it wasn't Apoel. Interesting. No, no, no. Apoel have been the most successful, but Anorthosis were the first ones to get into the Champions League group yeah, stages. It seems like most countries, whoever got there first, is usually the one that's done it the most, or you know. Those two go hand in hand, but not in this instance. Interesting. 
No, uh, anorthosis is a strange case. Uh, they had a very, very successful period for uh, a constrained amount of time. Uh, and it kind of uh, tied in with a really good manager that they had called Temuri Getspaya. He's a Georgian. Uh, he, When he was a player, he actually played in the Premier League for Newcastle United. Uh, Newcastle United fans, if there are any listening, will remember him for scoring a goal once and taking his T-shirt off, trying to try to take his football boots off and starting started kicking uh, one of the advertising <laughs> hoardings and got very angry. Um, and all his all, all, all his other uh, all the other players from the Newcastle team had to hold him back. Uh, and See, this is and the I, sort of this is the sort of stuff that we went across with American football or gridiron or or baseball and other things. But you know, even even with the American Outlaws National USMNT fan group, you just don't get quite the same level and kind of excuse me, kind of uh, kind of passion and antics all rolled up into one. That's one of the many, many things that makes it so fascinating to try to learn about this game from all over the world. Well, it's, uh, it, it's, there's, there's some interesting characters in Cyprus specifically and Temuri gets buyer. So he was manager. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember now is 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It's, 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 it's a bit, it's a bit, not quite so far off into the distance, but far enough to be a little bit foggy. Uh, but uh, he managed them for a period and then he went to Greece, managed there, uh, moved around for a bit, came back to Anorthosis for two seasons, left last summer, and now he manages the national team for Cyprus. Well, I guess it's good work if you can get it, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously... Uh, talking about his goal, his, his goal celebration. He's well known for being a madman. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen a few of those there. I want to say Lats, uh, Lazio over in Serie A. I think it is has a exactly. crazy owner. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. And that's the, to say nothing of the true madness that you sometimes see in South American football. But uh, now eighth. Uh, uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong again, but uh, anorthosis, I hope I'm at least in the ballpark. They are not, I think they're mid table at best right now, but really, so they are having a really bad season. They're in eighth right now. Oh, so they're um, flirting with the drop zone then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, kind of, kind of to jump in, uh, mix it, mixing up things to talk about, but uh, and uh, the league, after 26 games, splits off into a promotion group, uh, not promotion group, sorry, a championship group and a relegation group. Right. So top six then play each other twice and the bottom eight play each other twice. Do they so start in over that... in points like in some country? No, or the points no, 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 no. They continue on the same points. Okay. Um, so I would I would think Anorthosis will be safe, but it's quite embarrassing for them to be in that bottom eight. This is a poor performance for them. Exactly. So it's really turned into a three-team race now. It's seemed like uh, between uh, uh, AEK, uh, Apoel, or two combatants for the match that we're previewing, and then 
pathos. So uh, I won't ask who you uh, root for because I've learned that that's not necessarily, you know, you're on a show. You probably, you know, you probably want to re remain relatively neutral on that. Um, exactly. Want to I want to, I'd rather get the splinters from sitting on the fence. <laughs> who do you, who do you like strictly, strictly from a, an analytic type way who do you like to uh, come out on top of this race uh, i i would be tempted to go with uh Apoel just because it's the name i'm most familiar with but that's not very much to go on what do you think so it's it's an interesting one uh there's two very different styles of play so i like to get in teams faces they play out on the wings they're very fast on the wings a lot of crosses into the box try to get uh, and then they try and overload uh, the defend the opposition defense by uh, kind of uh, putting all uh, quite quite a lot of players into the box to meet those crosses. Now Abuel kind of work a bit the opposite way. They 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 are very defensive. Uh, they're very good at defending. They've they they've got the best uh, defensive record in the league at the moment, uh, and they kind of sit back and soak up the pressure. Uh, and uh, kind of take teams out on the counter attack. Mm -hmm. So they've got they've got very they've got two different contrasting styles. And I think the way that Ike play kind of plays into the way Aboel play because they've got no problem to sit back and soak up the pressure, especially with the quality of the defense that they have. Um, what I see happening is uh, Aboel taking the lead uh, and then I going into full overload mode, uh, again, an equalizer, and then kind of towards the end of the game, they will overload even more, but that will leave uh, their high defensive, their, their high defensive line uh, a bit at risk, especially with uh, Aboel's PC kind of attacking midfielders. So uh, I see them kind of getting a kind of a counter attacking goal kind of after the 80th minute. So I see Abuel winning 2 1. That's interesting. That tells me a lot about IX uh, expectations. And I'm trying to now pronounce that instead of uh, just as AEK. So I'm hoping I'm getting a little bit closer on that. Um, so it, it sounds like even if it's even if it's tied up late. And I'm guessing this has a lot to do with the fact that they'll be at home for this particular match. You do not see Ajax settling for a 1-1 draw or just one point here. You think that they would continue to push, even risking the uh, the counterattacks that uh, Apoel has been living off of all year. Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of it, it's kind of the ethos that their Spanish manager has brought to uh, to the team is to to, to attack because he's kind of taking the uh, the best defense is offense, but it you do it sometimes with that you do end up with some crazy games that they're involved with when they're playing other teams that also play like that. So, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I were playing. Aris, and the game finished 4-3 and the pace the game was being played at, you might as well have been watching basketball <laughs> it was it was it was uh, very fast pace it was very like okay 
our turn to make an attacking play. All right, your turn to make an attacking play. And it was just backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I was expecting the highlight reel for that game to be about 30, 35 minutes long. It makes it me was... feel a little bit better, by the way, that you uh, that you use that same analogy because uh, on the occasions that I'm talking with uh, friends, particularly who don't follow much uh, football, like outside of the World Cup, like you know, talking about Wales, a counter-attacking team. You know, yeah. I, I try to draw that basket, that same basketball analogy. You got a, a team that's willing to play, you know, half court, you know, steal the ball, then, you know, push if they get, you know, push if they have numbers. And then you've got one team that's just going to, you know, uh, push, push, push and leave themselves, you know, prone to getting scored on at the other end if they don't happen to make their shots. So, Maybe not well, the it, best exactly. analogy in the world, but it's 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 worked over here on this side of the Atlantic to a little bit of an effect. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 exactly. I mean, so if I go back to that game, for instance, Aris were winning two nil, and Ayek uh, with the uh, uh, with with this overload play that they do, they ended up getting it back to to two all, and then it got to half time. They came out, and then it was like ping, it, it was ping pong. Tennis, not tennis, ping pong, basketball, all the sports, all the sports, and uh, yeah, the game finished four three. So people hit the bar. There was, uh, there was all kinds of things going on in that game. It was, uh, it was, it, and that it was at Apple well, where where I would have uh, predicted that they would have had a little bit more control of uh, of the pace of the game and would have preferred something a little bit slower. Would it be fair yeah. to say that we can we can guess that this is going to be another shootout? No, I, I would I would expect. I act to dictate the pace of the game with Abuel trying to take the sting out, like you're saying. Okay. Um, Abuel have got a very solid defensive line, but they've also got a defensive midfielder who's been injured the last for the last two or three games. But they've got a very solid defensive midfielder in uh, in Kostandinov, is a Bulgarian, uh, and he uh, they, they've missed somebody of his stature with does all the dirty work and then kind of lays off the simple pass that then lets the attacking players kind of attacking force. So uh, if he's, if especially if he's playing, you would say kind of Ayek attacking with pace and then kind of hitting this brick wall uh, and then the ball then being played out, uh, not, not at the same pace, but still, uh, still quite fast. But regardless of that, Abuel would be fine to just sit back and let Ayek do whatever they want to do in the middle of the park. Gotcha. So let them have kind of the mean, you know, they'll, it looks like, you know, they may, uh, they may win the possession battle, so to speak in the statistics, but that may not be a very meaningful statistic for this game, the way Abuel plays. Exactly. Cool. Now, um, <clears throat> excuse me, goodness. We have player. We, we always try to look for a key player or two from each team, each match, just so we become more familiar, you know, with you know, our show. We don't usually do a ton of tactics and various things just because we like to, you know, limit it for time per preview, but we do look for key players. The names that we're familiar with are, uh, I know that for Ayek, uh, Omri Altman is their big guy on the offensive side. If memory serves, there was Rayleigh Winger. And then yep. for Applewell, um, they've got a Brazilian whose name I'm not sure how to say. I want to say Marquinhos. Am I getting that right? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. 
All right, better lucky than good, as they say. I know he played in Corinthians, so he deserves to have his name pronounced correctly because that is a whale of a team. We're familiar to a degree with those two names because we've been talking a lot about uh, the Cypriot uh, First Division race this year. Uh, What other players do you think that we should be on the lookout, especially if we can actually find an internet stream to watch it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, no, of course. Um, Just just to let everybody know, Sita Vision, is uh, the kind of uh, the um, uh, the peacock streaming service of uh, uh, of Cyprus, and they have all all the Cypriot league matches on there. there. There is a fee for it, so you know don't don't, don't go spending your money if, uh, if, if, if you know spend it on something else. But um, <laughs> they all, all I'm saying is there is a way to watch it. That is allowed. I'll just leave that there. Um, but anyway, for, for there, are, uh, there for, are there are ways for people to uh, watch it who are uh, industrious, maybe circuitous ways might be a different yes. way to put yes, that. Yes, let's say that. That's yeah. good to know that it, you know pay you know pay or you know hypothetically other ways that there are ways to watch it. Oh yeah, I, I just use my brother's password. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, who who are we looking like for Netflix. in this one besides uh, Omri? So, um, so, yeah. So there's Omri Adman, but there's also the uh, the winger on the other side, the right winger, who's Im- Imad Faraj. Uh, so, my uh, my my podcast partner Stel is a big fan of of Faraj, and there's good reason to. He's got uh, quite a lot of assists and goals. He's very fast. He's very skillful. Is he says he reminds him of uh, Riyad um, uh, Riyad Mahrez, who plays for Manchester City. The kind of the same kind of uh, same kind of player. And when he scores, he does a bit of a shoo, you know, the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration as well. So that's <laughs> that's a thing to look out for from him. Um, they've got they've got a lot of players who can obviously cross the ball into the box. As, uh, as uh, their tactics dictate, uh, but they've also got a very good set piece taker in uh, Adam Adam Gurshow. I can never pronounce the guy's name. He's oh, Hungarian. Don't, don't try, please. Even if you have to lie, pretend that there's Gür, one thing you can't pronounce Gür, because it's my life right now. Gur Gur Gurshow. Is uh, I'm, I'm, I've heard it so many times uh, said by Cypriot commentators, and I'm pretty sure that they're saying it wrong as well. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's a very good set piece taker. One of his goals, uh, one of his goals from a free kick, was actually voted as a goal of the match day in the Europa League. So he's uh, he's getting well known, kind of outside of Cyprus as well. On on Abuel's side, so you mentioned Marquinhos. Marquinhos is currently their top goal scorer because their their main striker at the moment is not doing well on the goal scoring front. His uh, uh, his, his name is uh, it'll come to me, uh, Georgi Kvilidaya. So he last season he was he scored quite a lot of goals, uh, and then this season something's happened to him. He, he's he scored he's Prior to last week, he had one goal in fifteen, uh, oh, wow. which 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 is not good for for anybody, uh, especially a striker of his quality. But what he does bring to the team is a tenacity and a work ethic, 
Uh, you'll see him uh, when the Ajax defenders have got the ball, for instance. You'll see him that he'll be going for the the the, the press, try to force a mistake from them. Uh, he'll also hold up the ball a lot and kind of set off players like Marquinhos to kind of make their I was runs. Going to ask the wing. if he was at least able to play with his back to the net and you know. Or- oh yeah, no, no, he's 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 very good at that. But he was originally a goal scorer, but because he's not doing that now. Uh, the management has taken the uh, taken a risk of bringing in. So I don't know if he'll make a start, but he'll definitely make a ca- cameo. It's Federico Maqueda, uh, who used to play for Manchester United uh, and has got quite a good goal scoring record in Greece. He made the move to Turkey in the summer and he's not been very good there. So he's hoping to pick up his career as well. Well, we love we love finding connections like that because our assumption is that uh, with the folks who listen to this show, the ones who are more veteran footy fans but trying to learn a little bit more about the world, that those we like we call them our whatever happened to segments, and you throw out a name that was you know somewhere further west in Europe, and we find them you know further east in Europe or in one of the other you know continental confederations, and that's we hope that that's fun for people to keep track of because that's something that. Well, quite frankly, with the type of research and sources that we use, it's something that's easy for me to spot. <laughs> so. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's there's been there's been a few there's been a few uh, names like that that have actually happened in the league this year, uh, especially in the summer transfer window. There was some some very interesting signings that were made by by some of the clubs so i could throw i could throw out a few more names if you wanted do they get to, well look tell me in general um do cuz like a lot of people uh, critique uh, major league soccer here in the states as mm-hmm. uh when it comes to european players as as being a a retirement league you know they might come over here when they're in their you know mid late 30s you know like rooney did you know gareth bale you mm-hmm. know doing a basically an extended training session with LAFC, you know, we get them fairly late in their careers. Uh, when uh, when uh, the Cypriot First Division is getting, uh, when their clubs are getting any European players, uh, you know, from further west, let's let's say from the big three, four or five leagues, are they tending to getting them after their prime or are they getting players who were uh, more like bench players or role players, but are good enough to start in some of these leagues like uh, like the Cypriot League? Uh, a bit of both. Um, a bit of both. So, so rarely you'll see a player of uh, superior caliber kind of make the move during their better, uh, during during their peak of their careers. So it's a bit like the MLS in in that sense. For instance, Kevin Miralas, uh, who's played for Belgium in the in in World Cups previously, signed for Al uh, Limassol. Um, they've been uh, they they've not been doing well, but he's uh, he was quite a, kind of a shock signing that happened because uh, Kevin Morales has played for Everton, so he's played in the Premier League. He he represented Belgium at, uh, at international competitions, including you know World Cups and the European Championships. Uh, but he is on the wrong side of thirty right now, and that's. That's most of the times the case. Other players, again, if I go back to Ayel, they've signed a player called Aaron Chibola, who uh, who who was signed by uh, Aston Villa at one point when they were in the Championship in uh, in the UK, in England. Sorry, 
And also, they also signed Saido Berahino, who played for West Brom in the Premier League as well. Uh, and he's just reaching 30 years old now. So he's not quite at the end of his career. He's still got three or four years uh, to go. So they've made these signings and they're seventh. They're not seventh, sorry. They're Yeah, they're the seventh. So it's it's a strange one. It's it's a strange one there where they've actually gone out and signed these players and then it turns out all these names yeah, and I imagine they're paying wrong. paying seven-figure contracts for people who are, you know, not playing in the Premier League or the Jupiler League <laughs> in Belgium or wherever else they yeah. were. I'm I'm sure they're still getting a the team. Oh yeah, they're still getting, getting a, paid. a high-end seven-figure uh, you know transfer fee for those kind of guys. And well, that's a lot I'd of money say, like Cypresses, I would imagine. Well, yeah. So I I would say six figures normally. Uh, oh. and and a lot of teams sign, play, sign players on freeze, so these players would have been out of contract, which is which is another reason why you end up getting uh, players who are normally um, uh, kind of reaching their end of their careers. Yeah, no, no matter so, what their age is, they they they've peaked at least as far as the very very top level in Europe goes. Exactly, exactly. But nevertheless, um, while they've while I have spent all this time on attacking players, they've also brought in um, uh, Alison Becker's brother in goal, uh, whose name oh. he, he he's he's he also has uh, uh, a nice name as well. His name is Muriel. Uh, and, that is uh, an interesting one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Alison and Muriel. I mean, you know, the uh, their parents have a sense of humor. Those, those are names that tend to run a little bit direction, uh, a little bit direction here uh, uh, stateside. So those those appear from, uh, you know, you know, my uh, American eyes to be very interesting choices. But they've got his brother. That's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, right. Tassos, so, so let's 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 uh, nine all yep. country here. Let's let's talk Turkey because yep. I got to I got to make some money. Noobstradamus has not been. Uh, has not been giving us game uh, game predictions. He's just been going off on his quest for Fresca lately. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a long sorted affair. Uh, what do you predict is going to be the uh, ranking at the end of the season for the top three in the league? Who's winning it, and who is not going to the Champions League? Who's going to have to go to the Conference League instead? Oh God, uh, that's that's a spot to put me on. Um... So obviously, Abuel have got the most experience. So you would think, with uh, with the with the experience that they have at the top as a club, uh, you would think that they would maintain the kind of form they're on at the moment. Uh, saying that, they did have this same kind of form last season, and then the last three or four games, that form kind of fell away. Um, same thing for Ajax. Uh, they uh, they also did the same thing last season, which is why Abolon won the league uh, last last time out. Um, but uh, Bafos, I was going to say for Bafos, it uh, they will probably be the ones from the three that they drop out. They certainly are the ones with the least pedigree, from what I've read. Well, yes, exactly. Uh, they have signed uh, 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 a few a few players to kind of bring that pedigree up. 
there's also been some news actually that came out tonight, which is making me doubt uh, me saying that they probably won't be uh, winning the league because one of the big question marks was their goalkeeper. So their their first goalkeeper is a 22-year-old Austrian with not a lot of experience. And behind him, they have uh, uh, a more experienced goalkeeper uh, who actually played for uh, who played for Barcelona and has a Champions League medal, um, but they seem to they they seem to have uh, preferred this this younger goalkeeper. But they just announced tonight that they've signed a new Croatian goalkeeper who actually went with the Croatian national team to the World Cup. Oh, interesting! That's quite a that's quite a a scoop for them. I'm sure there yeah. are other, I'm sure there are other two guys have been doing okay but if they're going out and getting a guy of that caliber because I know Croatia both their top division and their uh, and their national team are are really very good that's you know a moderately large country over there and it produces a lot of good talent exactly exactly so uh, it's 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 interesting but I still think I think Abuel might pip it um, the only thing that will probably dictate that is not necessarily what's going on now, but what is going to happen once the split between the promotion and uh, between the champion uh, and the relegation groups. Uh, everything gets everything gets tougher. <laughs> there exactly, because every game every game is going to be a major major game. Uh, and I think that's I think that's where I thought Bafos were going to kind of stumble a bit, uh, and where I ex- high uh, high press attacking overload might struggle kind of tactically. Yeah. Which so is it sounds why like I was thinking yeah, Bafos Abuel... might wilt a little bit once they. Uh, sounds like maybe they feasted against some of the uh, lower teams in the table. Would that be fair to guess at? Well. I, I I would say that. I mean, at one point they did go four games without a win, because at one point they they'd gone fifteen game the first fifteen games of the season without losing, and then they went four games without a win, which is why they're third uh, now. Because kind of the drop points that they that they have. They they are the they are one of the best attackers in the league as a Reich. Uh because, but it, it's if they face a kind of like a more organized defensive team like Abuel, for instance, they tend to struggle a bit more with that. Uh, which is case in point when uh, both both those teams played Abuel earlier in the season, they both lost. Which is why I'm saying Abuel will probably end up winning the league. All right, so I think what I hear you saying is that we should uh, we should sell all our properties, mortgage anything, any real estate that we have. Anybody listening to the show, put it on a parlay. You're going to get win, place, and show, according to Tassos. You can blame him if you end up losing your entire life savings. Apoel, Ayak, Paphos are going to be your one, two, three. Exactly. <laughs> I'll put my house on it. <laughs> I I think that might not be a a, a, a world's worst bet. Maybe maybe just a no. few quid. Maybe we should maybe we should practice responsible. Yeah 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 <laughs> no 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 just gambling. just a little bit. I'll, what I'll do is I'll put my fee for uh, for appearing today for you. 
that is, that is a reasonable idea because you can you can take uh, once once those winnings come in, you'll be able to use take those and another uh, you know those and a those and a you know a five pound euro note or whatever and get yourself a good uh, a good coffee and a good flare. <laughs> oh yes, yes, of course. So to that end, that's my attempt at a segue here. So uh, what are what are the Twitter handles uh, for uh, you on uh, as far as for the show? And uh, if you want to share your cakes and flyers one specifically, or not cakes, yep. cafe, cafe cakes, cakes. So yes, um, the uh, the show is called This Is Mappa. So that's T H I S I S M A P P A. And uh, on on my end, I do a lot of reporting on the Cypriot League. So you'll see a lot of transfer. Uh, a, a lot of uh, transfer talking. I do actually predictions every match day for all the matches in the league, not just the uh, not just the main one. Uh, and uh, I also talk about kind of the weird and wonderful happenings kind of in the background, including uh, the disciplinary issues that goes on in the league. And my my Twitter handle for that is at Flares Gaffes. So that's F L A R E S. K A F E S. That is so awesome. And I, I know this is cliche to say uh, when, when we reach the end of interviews, but this has been an absolute treat. Thank you so much for being a sort of willingly <laughs> duped to, to be on a show that was really noobs and not just news. Although obviously you knew that coming in, that is a nice little fun conceit we like to do at the front of, of a few inter interviews that we've had. We've learned so much about the leagues, the Cubs players, a little bit of the history. We know, we know about the, the big horn Rams, sort of the unofficial, maybe national animal over there. And uh, person noob has gotten her geography on and now can talk about that at school and knows a little bit more than she did before, which, which is really what we most like to get out of this. Just learning so much about the game, but really what what makes the world tick and what makes it so exciting that everybody else is following that. Because even though I have a lot of bevy of sports to choose from here in America, we want to be a part of that too. So thank you so much for taking uh, this time uh, to join us. And uh, we hope as the season progresses uh, that perhaps we'll have a good cause to ask you to join us again. Oh, yes, please. I'll, I'll, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thank you very much for having me. Match number five. Onward into Sunday and closer to home this time, Bermuda's Premier League right here in our very own CONCACAF region. Now, the site source that I like to use, Kick Algorithms, doesn't even rank this team in the top 24, which is to say they don't have a ranking at all. They simply don't get enough international play. This is not a professional or at the very least a fully professional league. Gives you some idea, even compared to other Caribbean uh, places like Haiti, for example, or the Dominican Republic, this is a, a full different tier of lesser ability. But hey, our show, we want to learn it all. Now, in the past, only the winner of this tournament got to go to the CFU Club Championship. That event is no longer in existence. There's going to be a new event starting, I believe, late this year called the CFU Cup. I'm unsure of the format. CONCACAF's website doesn't show what that's going to look like yet. I'm going to run under the assumption that only their champion will have the option to participate in the new one. And on to your matchup. Number B, North Village Rams taking on number one, Pembroke Hamilton. A look at the table. Uh, Pembroke 
27, and then North Village Rams, 26, St. George at 25. Very much a three-horse race here. They're just over halfway through the season. Last time they played this season, it was North Village Rams winning 0-1. And we'll talk about them first as hosts. They actually also play in the Pembroke Parish, just like their guests today, in Hamilton, the capital of the country. Last year, they finished in fourth place in the league. Interesting side note about them, in 2013, and I don't know if it's still in place or not, but they signed a development partnership contract with Rangers. Yeah, one of the big two over in Scotland. So sort of an interesting idea there to connect those two, otherwise random, somewhat random seeming, at least to me, uh, partners. Eight times they have won the league title, most recently 2019-2020. This year seems to be going with the theme. The offense is good. The defense is excellent. They're tied for number one in that regard, and they give up less than a goal per match. Goal differential right now is only uh, fourth best. This is not what I would call your favorite to win the league, even though they're kind of poised to it right now as the table stands. And now, Pembroke Hamilton, they are known as the Zebras, which I'm pretty sure is uh, not endemic to that region, but uh, I think it has more to do with their kits. They have the very boring black and white kits. Uh, They actually play in the Warwick Parish. I think where their offices are and where the grounds are that they play in might be a little bit different. Uh, 2015, I know that this team returned to uh, PCH Field, which is now named Warwick Stadium. So there's probably been some uh, back and forth between what I'm sure are two very uh, close together geographic areas. They have won the league title 11 times. Last time was 2018-19. Last year, nearly pulled it off. They were runners up. This year, we finally got a team that's getting it done on offense. Number one in that regard and how? Three and two-thirds goals per match on average. The defense is only fourth best, but to be honest, things are fairly close together statistically in the league, and so they do have the number one goal differential. I like them at least to get a result, and it's not like you have to travel very far in this country. It's not a true road match almost in a way, so I would even uh, spend a couple quid on them to win potentially. Team's current form, well, they've won five straight matches, with an astounding 24 to 5 against goal differential, and making it even more impressive, four of those were on the road. I wonder if there's any chance that I don't understand directly what the kitties are saying because it's in Greek or maybe even specifically Cypriot Greek. Ugh, should have asked Thassos that. But what that sounder always does mean is that it's time for a recap of last week's matches. Last week, match number one on Friday, the German Bundesliga number three RB Leipzig took on number one Bayern Munich and they played with a 1-1 draw for Leipzig. One of their stars, Dominic Zabozlai, had an assist. There was no change in the table. Match number B from the air DBCA in the Netherlands. Number one, Feyenoord. Number three, Ajax also played to a one draw. One one draw. Ajax's Steven Bergen had an assist on the equalizing goal. The guy we said to look out for. Ajax get that knocked actually down to number five now in the table there. Match number three from the English Premier League. Number one, Arsenal. Number four, Man United. Arsenal came out on top with a thrilling 3-2 win. Their star, Bakayo Saka, had a goal. 
for Man United. Their big star, Marcus Rashford, netted one as well. Match number four from the Premier Division in South Africa. Number three, Super Sport United. Number B, Richards Bay, battling it out in almost all certainty for the second of the league's two Champions League draws in Africa. They played to a 1-1 draw. No change in the table there. Monday, match number five from the Coupe de France, round of 32. We had a team from deep down the French Pyramid, U.S. Pice de Cassel, in the sixth tier, I believe. They got to play host to PSG, but that is where the dream fell oh so flat. They lost nil seven. Match number six from Romania's Legal One, number one FCV for Will Constata, took on number B CFR Cluj. And it was Cluj reasserting their historical and once again dominance, taking over the league lead once again with a nil three crushing win. And that knocks uh, Constata down to number B. Tuesday, match number seven from Serie A in Italy. Number five, Lazio took on number B, Milan. We had uh, a segment there from my daughter, Percy New, but her endangered Aminals segment, which we're not doing this particularly because of our big interview, but I think it was the Mariskin Brown Bears that were the big winners of that one. But running a very close second, Lazio absolutely going to say they defended their pitch. Good night, 4-0 over number B, Milan. Lazio moved all the way up to number three on the table. Wednesday, match number eight, or I thought it was Wednesday. It seemed to have been rescheduled or something got corrected. It got played on Thursday, a Greek FA Cup quarterfinal. First leg of a home and away, two-legged tie. I'll just tell you how it all went. Uh, Lamia won the second leg, 4-2 to two over Apollon uh, Paralimnia. They were a they are a third-tier team in Greece. Lamia from the uh, near bottom of the Super League. Lamia advanced 6-3 on aggregate to the next round of that event. Match number nine for Aruba's FA Cup. We knew the final was going to be this week, but we didn't know who the participants were going to be. They ended up being United and Britannia, the two favorites, and the very biggest favorite, Britannia, ended up winning the title 0-1. Match number 10 from Indonesia's League One, one of the great races in the world. Uh, number three, Percy Joe Jakarta took on number one PSM in Makassar, and it was Jakarta getting the home win 4-2. They switched positions in the table. We've got a new number one there, too. And now your bonus matches with explanations to come later. Your route of the week was a Sunday match from Italy's women's Serie A. We had last place, Parmio Calcio taking on number one, Roma. It was a lot closer than a lot of folks thought it was going to be, including those of you who voted for it. Roma won, but only by a 2-3 score. For Parmio Calcio, their star scored. Melania Martinovic, she had the opening goal, and Roma's big, big star, the only name you need to know for this team, Valentina Giacinti, she had a goal as well. And then Sunday, your most meaningless match in the world from Turkey's Super League number nine, Alanya Spor. Played host to number 10, Fatih Karagmurk. And they played to a 2-2 draw. No change in the table there. The players that we identified as the most meaningless or average players on the team, neither of them ended up playing, actually. And then finally, your match of disappointed Friday from the French Overseas Territory and CONCACAF members of Martinique their championnat national number seven good luck fc took on number eight trunel and appropriately you never have any winners in the match you're disappointed almost ever they played to a one one draw that concludes your recap of last week's matches now let's get back into tracking the upcoming week's matches with match number six 
Let's do some Saturday minnow watching. Look for some giant slaying. These are phrases that they tend to use over in England, I believe, first and foremost. I'm talking about looking for teams that are in a knockout tournament that are from way down the English pyramid. They might not even be fully professional necessarily, but they all get to play in the FA Cup, and it's a lot of fun to watch and see which of these underdogs can maybe make a run all the way to or through the title game. Who knows? Now, at the time that I was scouting the tournament this week, there was only one team from the fifth tier that had guaranteed themselves a spot in this round, which is the fourth round. There are 32 total teams going to be playing in it. There might be another one, I want to say called Borum, but they had a game that was yet to be played to determine that. So, your matchup, to the best of our knowledge, the lone Tier 5 team left remaining, Wrexham, taking on Sheffield United. And that's all you're going to get out of us for this particular one, because uh, we know you probably already know a lot about uh, Wrexham, as, you know, uh, because that's the team that uh, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, the Canadian uh, Hollywood movie star of oh, Green Lantern fame and acclaim. I suppose that's not the one that he would most want people to be uh, remembering, but he's good natured about it. And uh, and I can't remember his first name. No, Rob McElhinney from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They bought this fifth tier team, if you don't know, in Northeast Wales that plays on the English side. And they have made a show called Welcome to Wrexham that is all about their journey with the team and its ups and downs over a season or two. Can't remember which streaming service it's on, but you can Google that up pretty easily. So given that you already probably have some awareness of this, let's use this match as our chance to try to make a little money. I got to put person new through college and pay this mortgage and all kinds of other things. So we cheat, by which I mean we turn to our 3,500-year-old prognosticator, Noob Stradamus. We haven't been able to get anything out of him recently. He disappeared for a bit on hiatus. And then last week we learned that he had been on a a quest for Fresca. He seems to think that uh, uh, part of our deal is I send him Fresca and then he does uh, these things. Apparently he can't get it easily on the Thracian Plains of Greece, or at least what I send him, which he believes to be original formula, cyclamate sweetened Fresca. So he's been trying to find the uh, black market uh, production and distribution uh, lanes over in Europe that he feels like I've been getting those through. Here's the hoping this week, that maybe he's willing to pull back. We've still been sending him his stuff. He's an addict and that's okay. It's just Fresca and that he will give us a score so that we could all gamble on this quite inappropriately. What say you, oh mighty soothsayer? Wow, maybe he's even truly underground trying to do this quest for Fresca thing. So I guess no prediction for us today, but it, hey, at least we got to hear the cute little theme song for Welcome to Wrexham. Match number seven. Football from everywhere is exactly what we do, hitting our fourth confederation of the episode already. Say hello to the Premier League of Ghana, which is ranked number 28 of all the league associations in Africa. And that's 
somewhat noteworthy and, and kind of like with CONCACAF and that site that I like to use, Kick Algorithms, the CAF, the Football Confederation in Africa, they actually do put out their own league association rankings, but they only do it for the top 28 out of the, I believe, uh, somewhere between 45 and 50 total associations. Too many of the countries, particular smaller ones, just don't get enough or any international play for a rating to have any kind of credibility. So this is at the very bottom of those that do play enough internationally. They're tied with uh, Mauritania and Benin in that particular regard. Because they are not in the top 12, only their winner will get to go to the Champions League, and they are almost halfway through the season there. Your matchup is number one, Ajuana Stars, playing host to number B, Accra Lions. A glance at the table. Aduana have 24, Accra 22, Asante Kotoko, and Beckham or Betcham United. Not sure which that is, but in any case, they both have 20. 13 matches into the season, 16 of the 18 teams are within eight points of everybody else. So there's just a couple of teams that are at the bottom that clearly don't belong, and there's just no real serious separation between any of the other ones. Now, obviously, that will settle itself on as the second half of the season goes, but I mean, what a launching pad to start from for uh, a truly all-time great place from a uh, great race from somewhere on the planet. Aduana, they play out of the city of Dorma Ahinkro, a million people roughly there. It's in the east central part of the country on the border with Ivory Coast. Where they play is at Agumen Badu Stadium, which I like because it's named for the local king, or the official title is the Paramount King. Holds about 10,000 people. Club's nickname is Ogya, which I believe is the local tri uh, tribal dialect word for fire. And it makes sense because on the crest, there's a dog or a wolf that is uh, carrying a small flame of fire in its mouth. And that is a direct connection to the myth of origin for the local tribe, who is you know, said centuries back were led out of the ground by a fire-wielding uh, canine. Footy-wise, they've won the league title just twice. 2017 was the more recent of them. They first made Division One in just 2009, so not a real long history here at the top flight. They've already made two Champions League appearances. 2018, they got to go. Uh, and they were out in the first round. That's their most recent and best appearance. 2018, they made the group stage of the secondary tournament, or Europa League of Africa, as I think of it, the Confederations Cup. League play last year, they finished in 11th. This year, I think that they're going to finish a ton higher, even with all this compression of the league standings. Their offense is really only about top third, but they've got a top three defense. They're only giving up two-thirds of a goal per match. This is not a real high-scoring league all the way around. They're tied for number one in goal differential, even though that goal differential is just plus five. Key man to look for with them, tied for number three in league scoring with five on the season so far, is Bright Aji. And the number one in assists, not your cousin from Boston, but he's got five of those on the year, does Sam Adams. He is a midfielder, 33 years old. Team's current form may be starting to slip a little bit. 1-1-2 one, one, and two in their last four, and they just lost 1-0 on the road at number 15. Ouch, Corella United. And now the Lions, boo, what a cliche mascot, of Accra. 
at least the lion is like indigenous to this area. So maybe I can give them a little bit of leeway, but longtime listeners know how I feel about lions as a mascot. Everybody does it. Club was founded in 2017, very young one that made division one just two years later. Last year, they finished in 12th place. This year, the defense, as far as the ordinal rankings, is really bad. Uh, they're, t- they're in 15th place, but they only give up a little bit over a goal a game is all. But they've got tied for the number one offense. How many goals per game does it take in this country to get that? 1.25 in Ghana is all. Uh, overall, they're tied for uh, eighth place in goal differential. I'm not betting on Accra necessarily be a team that's going to be competing for the title by the season's end, but they've got a little bit of history. So who knows? Maybe a tiny bit. Uh, the reason that they're so high at the table, even though they've got that really mediocre goal differential, they only have one draw. They play to win and they win and they often don't. Uh, key player to look for, I think, is their goalkeeper. Tied for number one in clean sheets in the league is Andrews Owusu. Offensively, no one on the team has more than two goals so far on the season. Team's current form, uh, they just notched a 2-1 win versus Barracoom Chelsea, and that snapped an 0-1-4 and streak. Very much started to stop the bad slide for them. Match number eight. We end our weekend matches, at least from the main ten, Back from whence we came. We're back in Asia, specifically in Lebanon, the top flight there. The Premier League, it is ranked number 22 in all of Asia, down four from a year ago. As things stand, one team will get to go to the Champions League, but have to start in the playoff round, not quite the group stage. And then a second team will get to go to the AFC Cup group stage, which is a secondary tournament in Asia. There are just two matches left in the championship round. Here's their format for the season. They play a single round robin. I believe it's 11 matches each regular season, and then they divide the league up in half. The top half is the championship round, and those six teams play one single round robin. They've got just two matches to go. Interestingly, whereas in many leagues, they carry over the points from the regular season or might cut them in half and round up or down. In this league, all you got to do is finish in the top half and then everything starts over. So here in the championship round with just the two matches to go, number B, all ahead versus, and that's A-H-E-D, by the way, versus number one, all Ansar. Ansar currently lead their uh, hosts today by just one on goal differential. Yeah, they're tied on points. Both of them lead all Nejma by two points in the table. So the title's probably going to one of these two. The two times they played earlier the season in league play, it was, or uh, one was league and one was FA Cup, I'm sure. Um, all ahead, uh, 1-1-2-1. And then when they played it all and Sar, the home team only managed a 1-1 draw. All ahead, and I'm hoping I'm getting that pronunciation right, they play out of the Usai district of Beirut and are known as the Yellow Castle, which is really significant. Team is also nicknamed the Covenant, by the way. But the Yellow Castle is really key for them because that is sort of a official, for lack of a better way of cutting of uh, putting it, color of uh, Shia Sunni Muslims and specifically the organization Hezbollah at the very least. I know it's a Shia supporting club. There is a direct affiliation in some fashion between Hezbollah and this club. They make no secret of it. I don't know if it's financing or something else. The team has won the league title eight different times and they are your defending champions. 2019, they won the AFC Cup. 2021, they made the zonal semifinals, which means they won a couple of rounds. That was their most recent one. 
They have never gotten to appear in the Champions League, so I'm sure they are relishing a shot at that for the first time. In the regular season, they finished in third place. We'll take our stats look from that. A well-balanced team, uh, second best in offense, nearly getting two goals per match, uh, tied for number four in defense, but still less than a goal a game, and uh, tied for second best overall in goal differential. So they weren't necessarily looking like they were going to be runaway title winners by any means, but it's no surprise that they're here at the end. Tied for second best in league scoring with seven on the year is Mohamed Haidar. He has spent his whole career pretty much in Syria, I believe, before coming here, except for a couple early stops that he made in Saudi Arabia. The second best score in the championship round specifically with a couple of goals is Lee Irwin from Scotland. I always think it's kind of fun to think about what stories must be involved when you've got a guy from one part of the world going to some seeming other random part of the world. And that would be the case here. More to that end, he actually came over here from a Finnish club called Hakka. The best clubs he played for in the world were probably uh, was probably Leeds from the uh, EFL Championship, the second division in England. Teams current form, well, they've had plenty of draws in there, but they haven't lost a match since all the way back in September. So forget what I said before about them not looking like they might win the league. I'd forgotten about that little bit, but the league is somewhat top-heavy, and they're one of the two real powers. Ansar is another one. They play out of the Tariq al-Judeda district in Beirut. The majority of their supporters are Sunni Muslims, so this has got to be quite the rivalry. They've won 14 league titles, which is the most of the country's history, most recently 2020-21 season. But that was their first one in almost 15 years. Their sort of glory or halcyon days have been well behind them to some degree. 1997-98 Champions League, they were in the quarterfinals, and that was tied for the best they've ever done. Uh, They've never been past the Champions League group stage in uh, the appearances they've uh, managed to make. Most recently, this year, they were knocked out then. Last year in league play, they finished in second place. This year, they won the regular season undefeated. They've got the number one offense in the league going by a lot at two and a half goals per match and a top three defense to go with it. Number one all overall goal differential. I don't care if it's on the road. I think that this team is your favorite coming into this. They should at least get a result. Number one score in the regular season by lots. He scored 12 was El Haji Malik Tall from Senegal. Uh, He's spent his whole career, I believe, here with this club, or at least in this country. And he's also the number one scorer here in the Champions round. He's got five since they uh, divided the league into two. Team's current form, well, they just managed to draw at home versus that number three team I mentioned, Al-Nejma, 1-1. That snapped a two-match losing streak, or winning streak, excuse me. Match number nine. New Bites, if I may affectionately refer to you as such, That was quite a weekend. You deserve a break. So we give you Monday and Tuesday off from the main 10 tracking. We pick things back up on Wednesday and with just a little mini or event preview as opposed to a full-fledged match preview. Uh, The medical delay that I suffered earlier in the week, uh, well, it kept me from doing the research that I normally do on a recipe or occasionally something art or archaeology or generally culture-related. We call it our culture break, and it usually appears in match eight or nine. So I've got a little bit of detail on this event that they're playing their first round on Wednesday. That is the FIFA Club World Cup. It's being hosted by the country of Morocco. The only first round match, because two teams enter in the first round is all, is being played in Tangier. 
Now, if you're not familiar with this event, I'll tell you a little bit about the format. It's the six confederation champions from the previous year, plus the hope the uh, the winner of the league from the host country. So Morocco's champions also get to play. Uh, European teams, I mean, they show up and they send a, a fair number of starters, but they don't take this event nearly as seriously as some of the other confederations, though they usually do win it. It's in particular a really big deal for the South Americans. That's kind of the second best confederation worldwide across the board. And they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about it, I think. But your matchup in this case is two teams that aren't from either of those confederations. We have Aleli from Egypt and Auckland City from New Zealand, representing the Oceanic Football Confederation. Now, as far as the format, these two are the only ones entering it this round. The winner will join three other teams in the next round, and then after that, the two winners will join the Confederation champions from Europe and South America. They get to start all the way up in the semifinals. And it's interesting how Aleli came to be here because they are not your Champions League winners from last year. And obviously, I said they're from Egypt. They are not the host country champions. But one of Team Noob's very favorites. It, it gives us a great ple- gives me great pleasure to be able to mention this whenever I can reasonably. Morocco's Wydad Casablanca, one of my all-time favorites. They won last year's Champions League, and they are, of course, from Morocco. So their berth, rather than going to the second-place team in their own league, it went to, to keep things more competitive, I'm sure, to the team All-Ailey that finished runner-up in last year's Champions League. And then less of a surprise with Auckland City, they won the 2002 OFC Champions League. We'll be revisiting this event soon, and I'll be sure to have a fuller, specific match preview for you then. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! Part of the fun for me is game scouting and specifically deciding which matches will and won't make the cut for the final 10 here in the main part of the show. Our match number 10, another Wednesday match, was the last one to sneak in. There is no international berth on the line for this FA Cup tournament, but hey, they're hoisting a trophy and it's in our home region. So we're heading off to Nicaragua to finish the main portion. 32 teams competed in this event. So my guess is it's the top two divisions, plus maybe a small handful of regional teams. But your finalists, they're from the uh, they're from the top division and two of the perennial powers. Real Esteli playing Walter Ferretti. Now, Real Esteli, I like their nickname. They are the Train of the North. Uh, They are from the city of Esteli, which is the third biggest in the country, a little bit under 150,000. It's up in the highlands, so it's got a really nice climate. And then the soil is such there as well that if this place is famous for anything, it's from back in the uh, late 50s, early 60s during the Cuban Revolution. Uh, cigar makers that were sort of on the outs with the uh, the powers that be uh, fled the country and came here and made cigars because the soil and the climate were just right for it. Footy-wise, they have won this event just one time, the FA Cup title, in 1991. Internationally, this is a team that's had some recent success. Last year, they got into the CONCACAF Champions League and made it all the way to the round of 16. Let me tell you, that is huge because this is a top-heavy league. But even so, Nicaragua, I think, is probably the second weakest of all the uh, league associations down there, Belize, and by and by quite a bit because it's so small, is the weakest one. So it was really a big deal, I think, for Esteli to get that far. They won the 2022-23 League Apertura, or opening, regular season, and they won the playoffs. 
That's the most recently completed stage they had. In that, they had the number one offense going at almost two goals per match. Number one defense as well, not even giving up two-thirds of a goal per match on average. And what made them hard to stop was you never knew where that offense was coming from. They had three guys in the top ten all tied at six goals each. The most dangerous of those I'll make mention of is a Brazilian veteran, 35 years old, uh, Douglas Caie, I believe it is, C-A-E. Uh, He just came back from multiple seasons with the team in Finland's second division. So there we go again. That's the second appearance for a weird connection to a Finnish team. Uh, Another theme, I suppose. To get to the semifinal, they defeated Sport Sebaco 7 to nothing on aggregate. They played two matches home and away for the semifinal stage. And now Walter Freddy, they are known as the police, and in fact were originated as a team for the Government Ministries League. Uh, They play out of the capital city of Managua, have won this title just one time as well, but much more recently, 2021. That uh, last completed stage, the Apertura in 2022, they finished in third place in the regular season, and they made it all the way to the finals for the playoffs, but obviously they didn't win that because their hosts today did. They didn't have that great an offense, even for this league. They were in the bottom half. Uh, The defense was a little bit better, top four in that regard. And they only had uh, basically a very middling goal differential. But they're the second team this show that I get to say this about. They earned a lot of points on wins. They just dropped a lot of points on losses. They only had two draws on the whole year. Key player for them, tied for number four in scoring with 10, Francisco Ramos last stage. Colombian, 24 years old. And yes, American fans, especially if you follow the second division, it's the same guy. He played for uh, the USL Championships Rio Grande Valley team in 2017 when he was uh, just barely more than a teenager. They defeated Juventus Managua 4-1 to on aggregate, by the way, in the semifinal to make the title game. Bring forth the bonus matches. First of all, thank you to everybody who votes in our Twitter polls to help decide what the matches are going to be. Usually on Monday or Tuesday on Twitter, where I am Soccer Noob USA, I put up the polls. You vote. Dreamy content is manufactured. It's delightful. The first one is a first versus last place matchup from somewhere in the world. We dramatically call the... Route, 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 of, 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 the week, 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 week. And you selected a Sunday match from the Belgium Pro League, the top flight in that country. It is ranked number eight in UEFA now. That's up five from the last time they calculated them. Uh, The number of teams that they're getting into international competition doesn't reflect that yet. That won't happen until the following year. Still, they get two teams into the Champions League, one in the group stage, one in the third qualifying round, and a couple of teams that don't have to start way back in the Europa Conference League. On the other end of the spectrum, three of the 18 teams are going to get relegated, and that's a big deal for one of these. Let's get into it. Number one, Genk versus number 18, last place, RFC Siran. It's a S-E-R-A-I-N-G, but I think that I'm getting at least close to the pronunciation right. I do try occasionally, people. Uh, Jenk, looking at the table, they lead number B, Union St. Joie by six. On the other end, Siran, they trailed number 15, Upen, by five. And uh, Upen represents the 
lowest point of the table that is a point of safety for them. It would get them out of the drop zone if they could climb that high. Probably won't happen here because when Jank went on the road to play RFC earlier in the season, they whooped them nil four. Series between these two, it's been a brief one and it has been all Jank. They've accrued a 3-0-0 record. Jank is a team that I have seen is probably just ranked within the top 100 of clubs in FIFA. And Jank, let's talk. I've got some issues with you. Even though you're not the Lions, you are the Smurfs. Now, I think that's a fine idea. The guy who invented the Smurfs is from Belgium, but not from where you are. He's from a completely different part of the country, as I understand it. That's a nickname that should have gone to somebody else in the country. Also, that RFC, I know that stands for uh, basically for racing club. Now, there's a lot of racing clubs around the world. I've got an issue with all y'all. Yes, I'm, I'm in the southern U.S. and I'm learning to double up on my alls slash y'alls. Eventually, I'll do the triple up. It'll probably take another 20 years to uh, sound right when I do it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Racing Club, the original one in France, was started by a guy who uh, had a racing magazine and I think even had some vested interest in racing uh, drivers or teams. I mean, there was a reason the club was called that. Now it's just some random dumb name, quite frankly, you know, let's all, let's all think a little bit and do a little bit better. Plus they have eschewed club names that they could have had in 1998 was when this club came into being. They are a merger between two teams with much better names, Watershell Thor and KFC Winter Slag or Winter Slag. Either way, both of those are uh, far better than racing club. Jenk are even from probably the smelliest part of the country, the region of Limburg, as in where Limburger cheese is from. We can smell them even from here every once in a while. More seriously, it's in the eastern part of the Flanders province, which is uh, one of the Dutch-speaking ones. It's a big industrial center, about 70,000 people. Footy-wise, four league titles to their credit, three of them in the 2000s, last one in 2018-19. They've made the Champions League group stage a couple of times, but uh, in far more recent years, the last 10 or so, they've been much more of a Europa League team. That's their speed. And in fact, in 2016-17, they made the quarterfinals. Last year in league play, they finished in sixth place, so they just missed out, it looks like, on international competition potential. This year, number one offense getting almost two and a half goals per match. Number one defense, one of just two teams allowing fewer than one goal per match. That gives them the number one overall goal differential by about a factor of 50%. Tied for number one in league scoring for them with 14 is Paul Onuwachu from Nigeria. Plays striker for them. Spent most of his career with uh, Mitoland over in Denmark. Pretty good team from there. Number one in assists also with the number 14 on that. Mike Tressor, left winger, young fella, 23 years old. Uh, the name I see him most linked with, with even bigger leagues is Chelsea, but I don't think any kind of move is imminent necessarily. Uh, He's also got five goals on the year, and he's even made a a few youth-level national team appearances. But I think their best overall player is Daniel Munoz. He's a Colombian right back, but he's more of a wingback, I'm sure, because he's got six goals and five assists. Incredibly accurate shooter and a really good passer, well over 80% accuracy. Team's current form, they've won two straight matches and three straight in league play specifically. And now they are in, uh, Saran are in Wallonia, which is one of the three big national regions. It is not Dutch speaking, but rather French speaking. And it's an area that is really well known in the country for its witch 
folklore. I, I didn't get into too many details, but you can go on your own Google machine rabbit trail for that if you want. And I think have some fun. It's in the east central part of the country, about 70,000 people. Thankfully, they don't seem to officially be named the lions. They do have a lion on the crest. Ugh, pretty borderline, very cliche. 2021-22 was their first season in Division One in 25 years. And they had been as low as the fifth tier. I mean, that's got to be full on amateur level. Uh, as recently as 2014. How did they climb up? Well, what started it was they decided they, uh, they just didn't want to be there. So they bought a team license from somebody else and got to switch places with them. And that jumped them all the way right up to the second division, which I think is dangerous unless you've suddenly got a budget to actually get the players so that you compete at that level. Otherwise, you're going to be you know, probably get marched right back down. Last year, they finished in 17th place. Uh, uh, last year, uh, not all the teams got automatically relegated. They had one or two that had to play in what's called a relegation playout, and they survived that, and so they're still here in D1 again for the moment. But their defense, bad, and their offense, it's the worst of the league. They're not even getting a goal per match. Nevertheless, just about all their offense must come from this one guy. On the scoring leaderboard, so borderline top 10 with seven is Marius Mawindo Maji. He is from the nation of Chad and plays center forward for them. I don't think we've ever had a player on Chad get highlighted on this show before. Uh, he came up with Porto, actually, but he mostly played for their B team, just one or two senior team appearances, I believe. But their most valuable player, in my opinion, is Sammy Lasani, their central midfielder, but alas for them, talk about having even less of a chance. He is on a red card suspension right now, so their next best player who will actually be there plays right back for them, and that is Marsani Sambu. He's pretty good at all around uh, you know, clearances and headers. He's just a stalwart defender. Give you a little perspective. He has played in France, but no higher, I don't believe, than the Championnat National level, which is the third tier. Teams current form, they have lost two straight and are winless in their last three. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. <laughs> Highlighting in both mini preview and song, why not? We should all rip off Prince once in our lives. The most meaningless match in the world is between two teams, more or less smack dab in the middle of their league table, certainly equidistant from the glory that would be an international tournament berth of available and really pretty much safe from the relegation zone. Who else is going to talk about these teams? Nobody. So welcome. And this is a team or, or rather a league that doesn't offer any international berths, but it's still going to be important. The one you selected a Saturday match from the Scotland championship, the second division, one team, the winner, of course, will be automatically promoted. Three teams will play in a promotion playoff, a little mini tournament at the end of the year to determine one team to go up. Uh, on the other end of things, one team will get relegated. One will have to survive a relegation playoff. And these two teams can uh, figuratively sit back and relax and just let it all wash over them because they're in the middle. They're about two-thirds of the way through the season in this particular league, a little bit farther on than most of Western Europe. Number seven, Wraith Rovers. They're playing host to number six, Inverness CT. Look at the table. Inverness, well, they trailed number four, Partick Thistle. That would be the last team that would get into that playoff tournament by just three points. So it's not completely meaningless because it's such a small league. But hey, you voted for it. We're doing it. Uh, they lead Wraith Rovers by one. 
Rovers, in turn, lead number nine, second to last place, Arbroath by 11. So uh, definitely not as much enough movement likely to happen there. When they played earlier this season, it's gone largely the way of Inverness. They won 0-2 in the road and then managed a 1-1 draw at home. And here they go again. Series between these two recently, Inverness have had the best of it by far. I was surprised to see this with a 9-7-0 record, never taking a loss. All right, Wraith. Uh, that means fort or kind of fortified residence. It's not exactly a town that they put in the name. The name of the town they actually play in is uh, Kirkcaldy, which is in County Fife. It's only the 12th biggest city in Scotland. Uh, 50,000 people and change. It's on the East Coast. If you know the, if you know geography at all, it's about a dozen miles north of Edinburgh. Uh, they've had a little bit of glory in their past. They won the Scottish League Cup, a tertiary tournament in 1994-95. They've won the FA Cup once as well, but you've got to go back more than 100 years to find that 1912-13 season. In 1995-96, uh, in the now-named Europa League, uh, they won a couple of different matches to make it all the way to the second round proper before losing to Bayern Munich. Hey, at least they get to say they got to play them. They were in the first division, by the way, as recently as two seasons ago. So if the name rings a bell, that's why. Last year, they missed off on the promotion tournament, only finishing in fifth place. This year, average for a reason. Their offense, below average. The defense, right about average. Goal differential is just negative one, almost perfectly even. Key player to look for, tied for number three in league scoring with nine is Aiden Connolly, a right winger. He's also got three assists on the year. Team's current form. Uh, they've got a little bit of a winning streak going. I, I failed to type in the number. It just says unbeaten in last. So I'm not sure how many games, but pro- it's got to be at least three for me to put it in there. And that's across league, uh, league and cup competitions. And as we like to do, either for a player or something from the area, here is your most meaningless fact. This town only has two radio stations, and one of them is the Victoria Radio Network in the Victoria Hospital, which is an inpatient hospital station. Uh, research has shown, I guess, there that, uh, you know, from what I read that, I don't know what kind of format they play, the loss hits from the 80s or 70s. Maybe it's a bunch of Leo Sayer, that'd be cool. But whatever it is they're doing on the radio station, it uh, purportedly helps, uh, you know, patients heal a little bit faster and do a little bit better while they're there. And now Inverness, uh, the full name, the CT is uh, Caledonian Thistle, and they are known uh, more colloquially as simply Cayley Thistle as opposed to Inverness. Cities in the northeast part of the country, about 50,000 people, club founded in 1994. It was a merger of two much older teams. Uh, they were in Division One from 2010 through 17 don't seem to have been able to climb their way back, and it doesn't look like it'll happen this year either. Uh, they won the second division uh, right before uh, only one time, and that was uh, ahead of that 2009-10 season. They won the FA Cup fairly recently, 2014-15. And then the subsequent year, they got to play in the Europa League, but they lost in their only match in the second qualifying round. Last year, they finished in third place in the league, so clearly weren't able to get it done in the promotion playoffs. This year, they're a little bit statistically better than their opponents, but just barely average or above average for their offense and defense. Number six goal differential overall, pretty even there as well. 
Key player tied for number three in league scoring with nine is Billy McKay from Northern Ireland, striker, veteran, 34 years old. I don't think he's played too much outside of uh, this region and not in, he's been in England, not in any noteworthy or fully professional leagues. He's also got three assists on the year. Team's current form, they are 2-1-0 in their last three with a 10-2 and goal differential. So a little bit of climb might be in their future. And your most meaningless fact, unless you're really into this, which it makes me feel the sadness for you, uh, this city is the host of a very important uh, regional solo bagpiping competition every September, simply called the Northern Meeting. And so we go from a bagpipe competition into something even worse, the match of Disappointed! Ooh, and the Herculean scorn from Kevin Sorbo is appropriate every week. This is a team uh, match between two teams from the very bottom end of some top flight league in the world. The one you have voted for, uh, God help us, they're going to play it on Saturday. I wish they would just cancel it. Romania's Liga 1. Nobody needs to be exposed to this. You want to gouge out your eyes uh, Greek theater style afterwards. Go all Oedipus on your face. Number 25 ranked league in UEFA. So just a touch above average. No thanks to these two uh, uh, egg-sucking cellar dwellers. Two teams are going to get relegated at the end of the year. It may be as many as four because two teams will have to try to survive relegation playout tournament times. Your matchup, number 15, UTI. Oh, it should be UTI, urinary tract infection, but no. It's UTA Arad versus number 16, CS Miovieni. Now, it's spelled A-R-A-D, but I think I'm getting it right as uh, Arud. They lead Miovieni by eight in the table, so that's a team that's definitely going down. Uh, Arud trailed number 12, Bodasani, by four, and that represents a point of uh, safety for them, so this team has some hope. Uh, earlier this season when they played on the road, they managed a 1-1 draw, and they have an advantage of the overall series recently with a 5-3-1 record does a Rud, which is only the 12th biggest city in the country, by the way, but it's the third largest in the historic region of Transylvania. 150,000 people plus there. Uh, the, the UTA, I'm actually going to say it right for them, show them a modicum of respect. It translates to textile factories of Arad or Arud, which makes me wonder, are there a bunch of teams that sort of all, or uh, businesses that all sort of co-bought in for the naming rights? I'm not, it's a very interesting name. I've never seen something named more generally after just a field or a group of businesses like that before. This is a team with some troubled history recently. They dissolved in 2014, uh, reformed, and then had to fight their way back from Liga 4 since then. So, hey, you're in the match of disappointed. We hold no love for you in our hearts, but uh, we recognize some effort when it's been put out. Good job. 2020-21 was their first season back in the top flight. They've actually won the league title six different times, but you've got to go back to like the 1950s, basically, to find all of that stuff. They haven't made any international appearances since that era. Last year, they finished at 11th place. This year, the offense and defense, are they're not league worst. I th- truth be told, don't tell them I said this, I think this is a team that will maybe climb all the way out of the relegation zone. At the very least, I think that they'll be in the running to not uh, – they, they should be uh, – in the relegation playout at worst. They've got the number 12 offense and defense going bottom four goal differential, admittedly uh, key players. Well, uh, two of them that are just off the scoring leaderboard. have had five goals each on the season, but just off the assist leaderboard. And I think their best player with three of those is Desley 
Ubink. At least he's got the coolest name, in my opinion. He's from the Netherlands and plays attacking midfielder for them. Team's current form, they've won. They've won? No, you don't win these. Team's current form, they have earned three straight draws and an FA Cup win right before that. The Cup win was over uh, Mio Veni, though, where they won 0-3 on the road. So we want to put that in the appropriate context. And here is your most disappointing fact about this area. Uh, 13 rebel generals were executed here in 1849 after capture by the Russians. So this city has the nickname, amongst others, of being known as the Hungarian Golgotha. I can't think that they're putting that on there. Like if they've got a department of parks and recreation, I can't think they're using that. That is really dark. Now, oh, let's, let's get a little sorbet going. Well, we go from the Hungarian Golgotha to the only thing that's even worse. That's this club, CS uh, Mioveni. Mioveni is in the south central part of the country, about 30,000 people there. It's known for its car manufacturing, coal and oil. So despite the small size, uh, very industrious for the region. Club was founded in 2000. This is just their third season back in Division One or in Division One period. The first one was about a decade ago. Last year, they finished in 12th place. This year, just two little wins on the year. And they've got the worst offense and defense going. There's a reason they're way out of it. Team's current form, though, a little, a little sliver of light coming through the clouds for them. In their last two, they've earned a win and a draw. In fact, they just got a decent scalp against, uh, at home admittedly, they beat number seven, Petrolol POSD 1-0. But let's shut down. I think I see the clouds reforming. We have lost what little good feeling we had for them. And instead of wishing them good luck, we shall give them what they deserve and heckle them away in our usual fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Take them away. Hey, boo. Boo. Yep, and it is, in fact, Styler and Waldorf that always send us out. This has been episode 120 of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob doing our best to, quote-unquote, rock our home country with knowledge and fun from all over the world. So first and foremost this week, thank you so much to our new friend, uh, Thassos, who uh, was uh, so gracious to be a guest for us on the show and tell us all about his home country, uh, the Mouflon, and, of course, lots of Cypriot football and the show that he is on on youtube is once again called this is mapa and i hope i'm getting enough of a break between the two syllables that i'm a little bit closer to the cypriot greek pronunciation as always thank you as well to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry to dan the interno inferno for his ever-present creative efforts and inspiration to my daughter, dearest, of course. Mwah. Thank you so much, Person Noob. I love getting your help on this show. You're the one people really listen for. Well, and the guests. That too, Thassos. And finally, thank you very much to you for tuning in. Uh, we endeavor to create something really uh, unique, a little bit out of left field. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed us. We're, we've been termed a change of pace podcast, and we hope to be that for you going forward. If you enjoyed it, we hope that you will uh, share us with your footy-minded friends. Until we can do it again in a few days, please have yourselves a fabulous football week. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>